the Monday Morning Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Esther of IPA Group, bringing premier online promotion to your business. And Melanie of Stump Social Media Training, who empowers business owners to manage social media and marketing for themselves. Hey guys, today we're joined by Fiona Walsh and we're talking about using PowerPoint presentations as part of your marketing. Welcome, Fiona. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great for you to join us. So PowerPoint, are we talking exclusively like Microsoft PowerPoint or, you know, the Microsoft package that includes PowerPoint? Or do you also do the the Apple Mac keynote, is it called? Isn't there a Google Slides as well or something? There is, and yeah, Prezi, all of those. Yeah, right. lots of different things. I'm predominantly PowerPoint okay. because I'm a Microsoft master trainer. So that's why I specialize in PowerPoint. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so that means that I have a, a teaching qualification that is recognized, an IT teaching qualification that's recognized by Microsoft and the Microsoft Office Specialist Exams. And then with two of those, you get certification as a master trainer. Okay, brilliant. So now that we've figured out which of the PowerPoint platforms then uh, why should people use powerpoint why should people use powerpoint that's a great question do you know what i see a lot of people doing now and that is using powerpoint for webinars as lead magnets because how many people now are doing webinars to get maybe people's email addresses and you know they're going to give a little bit of information to them to start with on a webinar, and then they're going to put them on their emailing list and you know, see if they, if they want to sign up to services, courses, what have you. So really, your PowerPoint is very much part of your brand. So PowerPoints, with the amount of scope for using a PowerPoint, because obviously um, lead magnets and webinars is one way, but it's also a way of presenting your knowledge um, maybe at an in-person event these days as well. Is there a, a prescribed way of doing it that you feel is more effective or does it depend on the type of business? It's a good question. Um, I'm not sure I would agree that it depends on the type of business, but for me, I think it depends on a couple of uh, three points actually, and that is um, the people, the purpose and the place. So when I talk about the people, it's who are you presenting to? Okay, so it could be, I mean, this could be anything. It could be a one-to-one in a business environment. You know, it could be a one-to-one with your manager. It could be a one-to-one with one of your team members. It could be a presentation you're giving in a meeting room. You know, it could be to the board of directors. It could be to a classroom of students. It could be a webinar, okay? There's the place. So where is it that you're presenting? Are you presenting in a conference type environment where it's keynote speech you're giving? Perhaps it's in the meeting room, uh, it could be online, you know, and that's gonna impact how you're gonna create your slides. And then the final one is the purpose. What do you want people to do afterwards? Are you trying to influence them to do something? Are you trying to inspire them to do something? Or are you trying to you know, get them to maybe make a sale or follow up? On something and for me those three p's would make a big difference as to how i would design slides because if you're in a conference room environment perhaps you're giving the keynote speech i often see and i've experienced this myself in the past couple of months where i've been back to in-person events in a large function room and there's been a fantastic presentation the person really knew their content really really well and the slides, the information on the slides, it was tiny. Nobody could read it. Mm. 
you know, now that would have been okay if it was an online event because you've got more content, you know, you're sort of closer to what you're looking at. So therefore you'd be able to take in a bit more information. But, you know, that's what you have to think about. I really think you have to think about those factors before you start creating a presentation. So if I was designing a keynote speech for somebody, I've actually just finished one um, on Friday. It's very little words, all imagery, literally a couple of words. So if someone's trying to get a concept across, it might be a case of saying 98% and maybe one word, because that's the figure you want people to remember that, you know, the key bit of information there is the, wow, that was 98%, you know, not the finer detail. That's what you're talking about, the finer detail. And the thing that we least want is death by PowerPoint. Absolutely. Yeah. But then another scenario could be that you're sending an infographic around to somebody by email as a PDF, say for a project update, and then you're going to have lots of information on that. You know, I, I could spend three hours working on one slide because it's an infographic and it's going to be sent around, you know, to people as an update. Yeah, I would never have considered infographics as part of the PowerPoint, but yeah. Finally, <laughs> Stick up, Melanie. <laughs> look, when you do it for somebody else, do you have to know their personality quite well? Oh, that's a good question. See, I'm full of good questions when I get jealous. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think you need to understand the business and you need to kind of know where they're coming from and what they're trying to achieve. So I would start off with a designing presentation for people. I'd start off asking them, you know, it's a lot of questions. And that's where the coaching background comes in well, because you can kind of pick pick up on, on what it is they're trying to do, what they're trying to achieve. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I see, and the biggest mistakes, or two big mistakes, actually, one is people don't have, this is more for in relation to the webinar that we spoke about earlier, where people are using webinars as lead magnets. So one of the things I noticed there is that people don't have their branding in slides. So they don't have their color palette in slides. They don't have, you know, they don't have much of the logos. They tend to just use it as a blank slide. And if they're inserting anything into the slides, it'll pick up Microsoft's default color palette, which is blue, orange, green, it's pretty gaudy colors. And they've been around, they've been around for ages as well. They've been around yeah. for about 12 years. So if you're not using your own color palette in there, they're, you know, people have seen them before because they're just, it's the same colors that people would see if it's just a, you know, you open a new file. That's the first thing. Um, and then um, second thing, yeah, logos. I mean, you don't need a logo on every slide, but I often see then that people, you know, they just use a white background, those standard default colors, and it's a bit, a bit plain and dull. So yeah, you could definitely brighten up a bit by putting your own, well, not necessarily brightening up, you know, putting your own branding in there from a marketing point of view. Now, I wanted to ask, you know, you've obviously been listening to our podcast, so you've picked up on our personalities um, and you've now seen us in person a few times. So if we were to ask you to create a presentation for us, <laughs> okay, you've got two very distinct personalities here. So you you could have like Andrew and Pete and myself and Esther um so how would you amalgamate the personalities bearing in mind the brand and the messaging I, I do you know what? I don't think I've actually had a presentation that's had two people oh delivering it it's usually one person that's delivering it interesting yeah isn't it 
So this um, is a new challenge for all of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona needs two people to come along and challenge her. <laughs> but I'm sure at the, even at the end of the day, you know, like Melanie and I, yes, we're different. But as the Monday Morning Marketing Podcast, we have our branding, we have our colours. Yeah. So that at least is a jumping off point. Um, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. T- totally agree with you having the the um, branding and the colors and stuff in each slide, because also if you're going to be doing an online presentation, how many times are people screenshotting your information? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And if it's blank, then they're going to try and pass it off as their, as their own. <laughs> you know? Do not yeah. steal. That was, remember, from a previous podcast, I said, do not steal. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. I mean, it happens yeah. that... You're not sitting there taking notes, but you're like, oh, that's a good, you know, yeah. that's a good quote or that's, I wish I'd thought of that. And you screenshot it. I've yeah. done it. I'm holding my hands up. I've done it. But if there's no branding on it, then you might come back to the screenshot and go, mm. who said that? What mm. webinar was I on? Who was it? So it's yeah. really important to use your colors and your branding and everything. And that's, yeah. yeah. So is there an optimal length of a presentation? And I say we're doing... We're doing a 10 minute webinar or a 10 minute keynote presentation. How many slides per minute? Ooh, good question. No, I don't go down that route of how many slides per minute because it depends what the, yeah, it depends what the slides are and it depends how you you set the slides up. Oh. Right, because you could have if you've got imagery and you're using mostly imagery, and if it's keynote, you probably are. Uh, and if I was doing a keynote, I would have I wouldn't necessarily have a logo on every slide because sometimes when you've got full imagery on a slide and you've got a logo the logo's kind of not really working with it so sometimes i wouldn't have logos on you know as in pictures not a slide with you could have words the people on. on there couldn't you say that again you could have the person on there yeah so yes still talking it... about the brand because it's talking about the person like the yes. name you mean or a photo of the person yeah, I do that quite a lot. I find when people are doing keynotes, they don't have pictures themselves on. And I'm like, no, you have to have a picture of yourself because you're selling yourself, aren't you, at the end of the day? You have to have a couple of pictures of you, whether you like I it or not. Of so. that. <laughs> so. Well, actually, the one I've just finished is for somebody who is doing a, uh, a speech or yeah, a keynote delivery, whatever, at Croke Park, actually, uh, during the week. And I was in that venue a couple of weeks ago, and it's quite large. And if you're sitting in the back, you won't actually see the speaker. Now, they've got sort of screens down the room, so, you know, monitors down the room. So people will be looking sort of there and they'll, they'll see you a bit there. The first thing I said was images view. Absolutely. Need a good few of those. So we've got three images throughout the presentation. One on the front so that people can see, you know, because you'll be small on the stage and then people mm, can see them yeah. behind because it's a huge, massive uh, screen there. And uh, one in the middle we had somewhere and then one at the end as well with a call to action because a lot of the time people don't have call to actions. In presentations they go thank you there's a last slide and that's <laughs> it's not really doing anything <laughs> so I've got to ask a million years ago when I was um at probably secondary school I'm thinking when when was I doing presentations it was probably secondary school um they would say and I just I just want to see if it's still true today um say what you're going to say say what you're going to say and then say what you said. Yes. Say that again. <laughs> say, say what you're going to say. Say 
what you're saying and then say what you said. So yeah, repeat your summary. Yeah. So first tell people what's coming up, say what you're going to actually say and then say what you just said. Um, and, and that was how I was taught how to do my PowerPoint presentations. That's the start, middle and end. So is that still true um, today as it was back then? Obviously, slightly more interesting. Well, I still think you need to tell people what's coming because if you don't, you know, they're probably wondering where things are going. Uh, I'd definitely summary. So actually definitely tell people what you've said. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I suppose the beginning could be a little bit different. Maybe you wouldn't necessarily say what you're going to say. If you started off with a really strong hook of a story, then you're probably not going to tell them what, you know, you're not going to say that as your opening. It's going to be a bit more something very different, you know, to get them interested. So maybe not the start, but I think the telling them what you telling them what you're telling them <laughs> and then tell them what you told them. So I think the end bit, yeah, because you're kind of doing a wrap up and a summary of, of your key points then. Yeah. And then you mentioned having a call to action at the end. Yeah. On a PowerPoint, what is the best type of call to actions? Is it a link? Is it a phone number? Is it a QR code? What's the best, the easiest way for people to do the call to action? Uh, again, I think it depends what you want people to do, but I think a QR code is very good, especially for keynote speeches, because then you, you know, everyone's got their phone in their audience and they can quickly, you know, do that. Um, Unless you're on at the end of the day, at which point the phone has died. <laughs> yes, and well, the other thing is as well. I know I was at a conference recently and taking all the, you know, the information from the keynotes, but then I could lose them on my phone. I was in, you know, you close them down, and you know, so it's definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely something to think about, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, because remember years ago, it used to be like there was the five digit telephone number, you know, like just send a message to this five digits. Mm. But yeah. it cost you money. And, yeah. you know, even if I was down in a, in the Republic of Ireland at a conference, then I couldn't have messaged the number because yeah. it wasn't a local number to me. No, so, sorry. you know, things like that, you really have to take into consideration. But I suppose then if it's a, a PowerPoint on a webinar, then usually like maybe a link could it be clickable yeah. can yeah. it be you know would you advise people to send people their their webinar slides after the webinar and yeah again i suppose it depends or not it, it depends on the circumstances like if they are collecting email addresses and they can send something out afterwards then yes they can sometimes when you're sending it out as a pdf it doesn't always it's not always clickable so you need to make sure that it is because sometimes the way you export it it loses the link and then you've just got an underlying bit of text that you can't actually click on. So you need to make sure you, you've done that right. Um, the other thing that quite a few people are interested in doing is having like a connect with me type call to action. And then I'll do a screenshot of their profile mm -hmm. so that when somebody finds them, they know they found the right profile. So you know the way you might be, you know, you're seeing somebody, they're talking on stage or they're talking in the webinar. And then you look them up on LinkedIn, you're like, is that them? That doesn't sound, yeah. that, you know, that doesn't look like them. Is that really them? So, uh, you know, a screenshot. So you're like, that. yeah, because then you'd recognise that when you came across it, that profile when you came across it. Oh, and one point that Esther brought up there was about sending the slides. And there's one particular speaker that I've seen pretty much every time I've seen them um, has always put up a link, a bitly link of their slides. Uh, is this a good takeaway to have? Interesting. I was at a conference recently and somebody, one of the speakers did that. 
and I downloaded the slides and there were a huge amount of slides, massive file. And it depends what information is on them as well, because for this particular presentation, I think unless you were, you wouldn't, the slides wouldn't have made any sense to you unless you were in the presentation. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, that's like quite saying, intentional. That is quite intentional because yeah. I do that as well. Um, it's much, it's to me, it's actually more a prompt as to what to say. Yeah. Rather than, because most people read what you've put down in seconds yeah. and then they yeah. switch off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And B, especially in the sphere that we're in, because obviously you work in different areas. Um, it changes so quickly that we don't want people going, well, you said this, and like, yeah. <laughs> well, that was exactly. a year and a half ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of businesses and a lot of speakers would do that quite intentionally. It would only be a prompt to people who were there um, and go, oh, yes, I forgot they mentioned that when they see that mm. picture and or that phrase. Yeah. And people often ask me about using the notes and then how to, you know, like as in they're using the notes so that perhaps they're using the presenter view when they're presenting so that they can see the notes on their screen and then the audience is only seeing the slide. Um, and it's almost like you could have two slide decks. You could almost have one with the notes incorporated so that you could send that out to people. You might not necessarily want to send out the notes view because sometimes that doesn't look great. Um, but you could sometimes you could almost do two presentations and say if you're doing, um, you know, like say you're doing people are doing a sales pitch. OK, and they've got a certain amount of information actually on the slides and a certain amount of information in the notes, because you don't want to deliver that information. You don't want to have that information, key information on the slide, because as you've just said, Mel, people are reading ahead and then they, you know, they see the information before you've had a chance to deliver it. So really what you want to do is you want to be talking that through. And you, you know what I mean? You want to be delivering that with your voice, not with somebody reading it on the slide. Hmm. So, yeah. you know, there's definitely, but then if you were sending a pitch deck around afterwards to potential investors, then you might want them to have more information. So you could have two slide decks, one with the full information on that you wouldn't present, that you'd send around as a PDF. And then the other one is the one you actually deliver. That's a so really pitch, good idea. Yeah. So for pitch decks, it might be a case of having two, I think, with one with, the, you know, all the information in and the other one is you're delivering it having conversations around it now, just a question that has popped into my head is there a font that mm -hmm. is a definite no-no when it comes to powerpoint or should people just stick to i, I hate it times new roman or what's that other one that's everybody uses comic um, sans no 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 please lovely no. font what's wrong with comic sans <laughs> No, unless you're a primary school teacher, and even then, please don't. <laughs> is it trebuchet? Is it trebuchet? Is the other one? There's. I mean, is there is there one that just really don't please please don't use this, or does it again depend on who it's for and where you're going to present and stuff like that? Because surely there has to be some that are really hard to read. Hmm. If you're in an event like Croke Park down in Dublin, or even sitting looking at your computer screen i mean some people sign up for webinars and they watch them on their phones let's be let's yeah. be honest here so yeah it's tiny yeah so just I'm, I'm dying to know what i i like some of the more clean fonts okay so and i agree with what you, you've said there esther so you've got fonts like calibri times new roman comic sounds i mean they're all you know oh it's the same as using the same it's just a standard powerpoint one so i would definitely stay away from those because your presentation isn't going to be different 
it's going to just look like everybody else hasn't bothered to <laughs> put any branding on it. Um, what I do find is that not everybody's branded fonts work well in PowerPoint. So you might have had a designer do lovely logo, lovely color palette, come up with some really nice fonts for you. But sometimes in PowerPoint, they don't work very well. They might be too narrow. So again, I had one recently that I was working with and I popped the fonts in and, and I looked at them and said, that absolutely doesn't work. It's just too, too narrow. So you couldn't really read it very well. Probably looks quite nice on maybe other social media, but just didn't work in PowerPoint at all. Um, so I tend to go for quite clean fonts, nothing too too fancy. Um, but again, it depends. You know, it depends what you're doing and it depends what kind of impact you want to get. Um, and I think how fun one of the people are. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think Open Sans is a nice one. That works quite well. Um, and I think that's that's a, I think that's one of the top. There's, there's, a, there's a, some, some font specialists or designers have done um, a list of the best ones for PowerPoint. I think Open Sans comes up there quite high. I wanted to ask, um, would having a, a box or a shade behind some of these thinner um, fonts help accentuate it on the slide? Do you know what I mean? Like a, yeah, like I do. Background. Yeah. yeah. And funnily enough, that is a technique that I use, Mel, when let's say you have a, an image that you find that captures a concept that you want to get across. And there might be changing contrast in that image. So there might be light right. and dark in that image and you want to put text across that. So I would often either put an outline around the text or there's, there's a glow option. You're probably familiar with these yourself as oh, you're yeah. social media experts, but you can put a glow effect around it and you can change the colour of the glow. Remember the shadow that we used to do? <laughs> <laughs> I still use that in PowerPoint though, because for, for, for infographics it works quite well, the shadow mm. one. Um, but the glow works well. I think a lot of people don't realise the standard glows are gaudy because they're yellow, blue, green, mm. orange. They don't look Microsoft very nice, but colors. if you... Yeah, exactly. But if you, even if you have your branding colours palette in there, it still doesn't seem to pick that up for the glows. But if you pick other colours, you can pick, say, a white glow or a black glow, and that would then help emphasise the text. It could it could work on the thinner. It could work on the thinner fonts. I'll have to try that. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, we have you've given us so much information here today, Fiona, and we're very very grateful for that. Um, how do people get in touch with you? Best place to get in touch with me is on LinkedIn. So if you search for Fiona Walsh and PowerPoint, and you will definitely find me if you search for that on LinkedIn. And it's a good place to, to follow me or connect with me because I share a lot of videos on tips and tricks, you know, what you can do in PowerPoint. And they're all very simple things as well. So that's the best place, I think, to, uh, to find me and connect with me. And just in case people are confused, uh, with the accent, you are in County Cork. That's so correct. if it pops yeah. up that it's she's in County Cork, she is that one. <laughs> I am. Yes, I am the one in County Cork, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's it for today, guys. Thank you so much, Fiona. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next week with more Monday Morning Marketing. Until then, bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye. I've got to ask, what's the cat's name? There's a cat? Yeah. You missed the cat. The cat. The cat is called Minnie. Fast asleep there, look. Snoring. Um, she's snoring. The cat's snoring. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's like Darth Vader. You get a bit of like. <laughs> <laughs>